BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome back to the Rookie and the Vet podcast. Um, today we're kind of talking about something a little more serious, um, taking a step away from Illini Athletics, um, but just to address uh, the recent allegations coming out about the Northwestern football team. Um, there's been a lot of things kind of coming out over the last couple of days. Um, first of all, they're head coach was just suspended and then on Monday was fired. Um, but there's been an investigation ongoing into some hazing incidents. Also, it sounds like some racial things going on with the team. Um, but definitely this is something very serious. It's not something that you'd want your kid if they're going into this program to have to deal with Mm -hmm. um most recent news is a lot of their commits have now just in the last day or so here now decommitted from the school Uh, i mean good reason to kind of avoid this program right now Mm -hmm. um but it definitely seems like this has been going on for a number of years um the Daily Northwestern kind of broke the story, um, but essentially there's been a lot of players that are current and former players mm-hmm. that are all telling the same tale of kind of what's been going on here. Um, and it sounds like the school kind of learned about it um, maybe a little less than a year ago or so, but late 2022. Mm-hmm. I mean, that probably puts us around October, November, December. Um, but yeah, it doesn't sound like things are good in Evanston right now. Mm -hmm. And it kind of dating going back it, a probe into the program started about six months ago, which I'm not sure if it was a routine probe or if they were kind of hinted at, you know, something was going on if a player came forward, but a probe started into the football program and they started digging stuff up talking to former players um i don't believe coaches but where they found out about this news and then as it broke uh last week you know more players began to come forward uh, as you said hazing allegations sexual assault and you know racist comments from the coach um but you know there's a lot of things you know um 
with Coach Fitzgerald, as you mentioned. And so you mentioned he was suspended. He was suspended two weeks. Right. And then more players started coming out. And yep. people started pressing the you know Northwestern Athletic Program to you know look into this more. And more players came forward. And that ultimately led to his firing after you know, a difficult year last year, too. I mean, right. one in one 11. 11. Um, not many great years in the past. Um, but he had a lot of um, disappointing things. Things and allegations continuing to come out of the program. I mean, definitely, again, it's not something that you'd, if you know somebody there or even if you know somebody at a school and learning about something like this, um, I mean, probably would tell them avoid this, transfer somewhere. Mm -hmm. Um, And kind of, I've been reading up um, on everything kind of, through AP, the Daily Northwestern, which is the campus newspaper there, they've been kind of all over it. Um, but some of this stuff dates back to 2009, mm-hmm. so at least 10-plus years. I mean, Fitzgerald was the coach for the last 17, 17 seasons. Years. So it sounds like during his entire tenure, based on what these players have kind of spoken out about, um, it seems like it's kind of been going on the entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, and a couple of those things um, kind of to hit on what was going on, according to you know the AP article uh, that came out about the whole allegations, um, one of the things was telling African-American players to cut their dreads and have a clean cut. And what I read something within the AP to not live the hood life, in quotes, yep. that was said. Um, and we saw an issue with that at Penn State a couple of years ago. I don't know if you remember back where donors stopped donating because they wanted players to look a certain way. And that's obviously what you can't do. But um, that was something that apparently a couple of players came forward and, you know, they had talked about in this investigation. Yeah. And I know uh, based on what I had kind of read and I want to pull this up off my phone because yeah we've been kind of doing extensive research on this but um a certain offensive lineman he played there from 2005 to 2008 ramon diaz jr um he was one of the big ones talking about um just some of the racist things that would kind of go on Mm -hmm. in that program um, obviously Latino, Hispanic descent, but he was one of the ones that came out and kind of talked about the fitting the Northwestern way. I know he had also mentioned that players were asked to cut their dreads. Um, he also really talked about a big unbalance on the two different sides of the ball. Offensive side, he said, was primarily white players. Yep. Um and then the defensive side of the ball was, you know, black, Hispanic players. And he definitely said that that kind of created a little bit of hostility in the locker room there. Um, you know, I just, some of this stuff just leaves me kind of speechless. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually, I saw that and I went back and looked at the rosters and who was playing those years. And it does kind of look that way where you know both sides of the ball seem to fit one mold which is interesting like he was saying um 
But there's a lot of stuff coming out that's just continues to be disturbing. And there's more players coming out day by day. Right. Um, it started with, I believe, three. Then it went to six. And now, last time we checked, it was 11. Yeah. So I don't think it's just, you know, maybe which people have claimed that it's just people mad at the program. But the more people keep coming out and continuing to add to this, you know, these disturbing claims. Right. And I know that offensive lineman said the locker room felt very segregated. Um, just the way that the Latino, Hispanic, black players were even treated by coaching staff. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that to me is totally uncalled for. Mm-hmm. I mean, these people have committed to play football with you, be part of this team atmosphere, a brotherhood, if you will, um, and to have to kind of sit there and endure that. Um, and a lot of this was, you know, before the transfer portal really became a thing. Um, but, I mean, you kind of feel for some of these stories that they're telling. Mm-hmm. Um, and stepping away from the racist stuff, but some of the assault, sexual harassment allegations, I mean, the two players who have been the most vocal are anonymous. So we'll probably never know who yeah. those two guys are. Um, but the one has continued to kind of say that, you know, the things that he went through, the things that his teammates went through, um, definitely have given them just mental frustrations, anxiety. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've talked about guys wanted to commit suicide because of what was happening Mm -hmm. in this locker room. And so many players, you know, when I watch interviews after college, they talk about how college football is the best time of their life. And when, you know, you unfortunately go through something like this, just you don't get that same experience where, you know, you're not looking back thinking of the great memories. You're thinking of memories like this that, like you said, kind of can scar you for life. Right. And some of the other things, and while I don't know how much we'll go into it, but, you know, with some of the allegations, um, I know DAP mentioned, like, players were dry humping each other, underclassmen, from upperclassmen. People ended up being naked, like, doing acts, and it's just, it's unfortunate. Right, and I know they've kind of, as the one player said, it's done under a smoke and mirrors act Mm -hmm. of this is team bonding, but, I mean... To me, that's that's not team bonding. That's making you say what what is happening mm-hmm. with my teammates. Team bonding is going out to dinner. You know, dinner. I mean, Illini football players just had a big paintball thing. Yep. That's team bonding, having fun with each other. Not this kind of activity that, I mean, really makes you question what what goes on in kind of some of these people's minds that this is like the initiation process and Mm. stuff like that. But, and what I'll add is in this investigation in the pro by the university, you know, they, they found a lot of evidence. They found evidence backing it, but what they didn't find evidence to was that other coaches, you know, knew about this or anything from their, you know, research and talking to people, they came back with the, a conclusion that no, none of the other coaches knew. Maybe they did, but from their, 
you know, from their studies or research, whatever they did, you know, they, that came back um, without, without the coaches knowing. Right. And I know one of the players seems to think that mm-hmm. Fitzgerald knew. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. Um, I mean, one of the things that they said, it was particularly to punish freshman players for mistakes that they made yep. in practice or in games. And kind of the signal was like this this clapping thing. And that would kind of indicate to, I guess, other players or something like this person's the next one that's going to get this hazing treatment. Mm-hmm. And he did say, um, I want to get this right. He did say that Fitzgerald repeatedly made this signal during practices. So he seemed to think that the coach was initiating it maybe. Mm -hmm. Or who knows, maybe it's a coincidence that, you know, he's clapping and just to be like, I don't know, almost to maybe just ridicule a player like, oh, hey, good job on that catch. And like, I don't know, just to give him a tough time. But I don't know. Yeah. And tell me a little bit about more, because I know you read up on it a little bit, um, the Gatorade, what the player came forward about, you know, what they did, you know, kind of hazing players by drinking Gatorade. Yeah. So, again, this was... A lot of it seems to kind of come from this one anonymous player who spoke with the Daily Northwestern. Um, And aside from the racist stuff, the sexual harassment stuff, um, he also went into detail about something called the Gatorade Shake Challenge, where mostly freshmen, but, you know, team members were forced to drink as many Gatorade shakes. And I guess... I mean, when I think, I'm just thinking bottles of Gatorade, but maybe Mm -hmm. mixed with something. As many as they could in 10 minutes. Um, And he said he's witnessed this on several occasions, but he's never not seen anyone throw up. Mm -hmm. Or everyone who's ever done this has puked their brains out or something like that. And he said, like, his roommate, I guess, was, had been subjected to this at one point. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. 
continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. And his teammate couldn't eat for like two or three days because of, you know, whatever it's doing I'm sure. Internally in your stomach and in your intestines and and things like that like are a little kind of common in colleges unfortunately with hazing especially when you get into like the frat communities and right. it's, it's not just Gatorade. And so to hear that it it's disappointing with teammates like you know uh, from what I've read from these articles, it's the upperclassmen to the underclassmen, right. what it seemed like. And those are the guys you look up to. Right. So I know, like, when I was younger and playing sports, I'd pretty much do whatever the upperclassmen said. So uh, you're put in a position, a very difficult position, where, you know, these people, these players may have felt forced. Yeah. And, I mean, going back to just initiation process it's like you're already on the team Mm -hmm. but it's like are you to somehow gain people's respect by doing this participating in this or are you going to earn their respect by being an outstanding player and great at your position that you play Mm -hmm. and the number of receiving yards you can put up or the number of touchdowns you can throw for or the number of tackles or interceptions. I mean, that to me is worthy of more respect on a football team, your playing ability, than how many Gatorade shakes you can take down in 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I mean, going back to, yeah, when you and I were in youth sports, I mean, I feel like if anything like this had come up at this point in my life, I would have been able to say, no, I'm either going to quit or I'm going to be on this team, but I'm not going to subject myself to... Mm-hmm. this kind of activity but i mean yeah who knows i mean some of these kids are 18 fresh out of high school of course um and you know kind of get into like personal experiences like you like i mentioned about like underclassmen upperclassmen like players look up to those people they right. look up to their coaches i know when i was in high school playing sports like i sp- i spent so many hours of the day with my coaches and I always went then like I was always learning from them and I was always willing to learn and I I looked up to them into in a way and wanted to like mold things after them because they're I don't know your coach and so many players see that as a special thing and with I mean as coach Fitzgerald was very involved he's involved in this like they could the coaches can make a break you know your future they change right. they change your outlook on things i know for me like my senior year of baseball i had a poor experience ending with my coach and it, i still think about the way things went down today and i look i like i lost the love of the game because of the way things went down and how my career ended with baseball and i don't go back to those games my high school games but when i look at football my coach was 
an amazing human to me. And he was just always the greatest experience. And I, I always go to games when I'm home. I'm always, you know, keeping in contact. And I, I never fell out of fo- love for football. I'll go play football. Obviously, I still watch football. But, like, from experience, coaches can make or break whatever you have going on. Right. Your future. And as I mentioned before, some of these players may look back at their college career and see the negative. Right. And it, sh- it shouldn't be that way. Because you you played college football, that's an awesome thing. Yeah, and it's it's not it's not these players' faults. Right, and I know one of the players uh, going back to the racist stuff in the program said that he couldn't even watch. I don't know if it's Northwestern or just football in general, because it would just give him kind of those flashbacks of like what he went through mm-hmm. um, as a minority on a you know, predominantly white team. Um, And actually, I think they said he's a clinical therapist now, which so now he's helping that next generation kind of overcome things. And he used his experience a little bit and his education at, you know, a very good school. Mm -hmm. Because let's face it, Northwestern is is up there. Of course. Um, But... So I did kind of like that story a little bit and mm-hmm. how, you know, overcoming things and now helping that next generation kind of overcome things. Um, I mean, I coached youth lacrosse and I coached one group of kids from about middle school, junior high, seventh grade, all the way up until they were juniors in high school. Um Definitely you hear about things when you're a coach. I'd like to think that I knew everything that was going on, but I knew if a player was getting bullied, um, it wasn't common. But, I mean, it did happen maybe once or twice. But, I mean, my thing was I tried to make that kid a little bit more included. I know some of these kids looked up to me. Um, And so when they see my interaction with this kid... And treating them like I treat the other kids, then I think it kind of helped that kid gel a little bit more with the other players who mm-hmm. maybe were giving him a hard time. But and that goes straight off kind of what I was saying with like they do look up to right. the coach and seeing them do things and having tendencies, like you you adapt to that and you kind of take those tendencies with you and. If, if the coach is leading a great program, you're going to lead, you know, a great, whether it's your unit, offense, defense, whatever, it's it, it, it's going to trickle down. So right. many things in sports and in the office, wherever you are, they trickle down. And when the top is doing bad things, the bottom ends up doing bad things. Yeah. Which is, it, it's unfortunate. And I know, I mean, I feel like coaches are kind of seen a little bit like teachers are in school where these people are entrusted to look after these kids Mm -hmm. for hours at a time which compiles to days and weeks and I mean you wouldn't want to just essentially throw a kid into the lion's den if you knew what was happening I mean you trust that they're going to take good care of your kid Mm -hmm. and 
maybe watch out for them a little bit because these are the people that came to your home to sell you on this program, this school, why your kids should go there. So, yeah. And, I mean, as we're kind of wrapping up a lot of the allegations and stuff, obviously we mentioned Fitzgerald fired. Um, in his time with Northwestern, you know, they had 110 wins. They had a few good years. Yeah. Um, but definitely some years like this past year where they were 1-11. in and they really struggled as a program, but they were in a conference championship uh, a couple years back. They had a few times, five times finishing in the AP Top 25. And I know he's a former player from Northwestern, yes. too. And I think during his time as a player, I believe linebacker, mm-hmm. um, they won a Rose Bowl game, and he got the Bronco Nagurski Award that year something like that so definitely somebody who meant something to this program of course and then to come back and i think he started off as a linebackers coach before becoming an assistant coach and then the head coach um so i mean probably definitely not an easy decision by northwestern yeah yeah and it's always gonna leave i don't know if connotation is the right word with that program just like it's kind of been like that with Penn State where it's just kind of been people people look at it different and but especially when you got a big figure like that in Pat Fitzgerald at Northwestern according to all these reports um it's definitely it's, it's going to be something they need to move forward with and do things to create a better locker room right and actually I did think the Daily Northwestern did report that since all of this has come out, there's now going to be an independent person supervising this locker room who's not affiliated with the football program, possibly is affiliated with the university or is like mm-hmm. to report back. And I think I'll just to make sure that none of this kind of stuff continues or keeps a closer eye on it. But it sounds like the university is taking measures to fix the what kind of sounds like yeah. a broken system. Mm-hmm. And I won't go into it because nothing's uh, there hasn't been much investigation, but there's been players from other teams beginning to come out to a Northwestern. So that'll be something to kind of keep an eye on, see if it's something that's just kind of gone through the athletic program. But like I mentioned, it's nothing solid. It's not anything to report on yet. But there's been reports from a few different, uh, few different outlets where players have come forward. So um, it seems maybe going through the Northwestern Athletic Department. Yeah, and I mean definitely more is probably set to come out. I mean this is still very brand new. Mm-hmm. I mean we're talking. This has just been days into it at this point so i mean yeah we'll we'll see what deeper dives continue to kind of come up with and i don't know yeah well, that should do it here yeah. on rookie in the bed thanks for sitting with us uh learning a little bit more about this northwestern situation us breaking it down and everything kind of providing um what higher end sources have kind of come out with and what players have come out with in terms of allegations for the program um if you don't already check us out on all podcast streaming platforms make sure to 
Follow our station on YouTube to watch the video podcasts. And uh, we'll see you next time. Probably talking, I'm sure, something Illinois. Uh, football season's coming up. Big the 10 Media Days is Big coming ten. up. Yep, so. that's coming up soon. Uh, we're starting to get through the summer months. So hopefully it, come, it flies by and we're in uh, September watching Illinois football soon. Yep. Well, that'll do it here on Rookie and the Vet. And we'll see you next time.